How you look? We're never happy. You know, we we work hard. We want it. We want to see our guys play well. I'm happy we won. I am. Um, I think I was a little happier before I came in here. <laughs> um, but there's some things that, um, from experience, that that you know need to get fixed, or they will cost you, or have already cost us. And those are the things that keep you up at night. And we got to keep working on. But it was it was this was good. Good hard-fought win. And that was Sean Payton. We'll describe him as happy-ish. Sunday, early evening after the Broncos had completed a 19-17 victory over the Green Bay Packers in Week 7, moving Denver's record to 2-5 and five and snapping a three-game losing streak at home to begin the season. Uh, the Broncos avoided the indignity of an 0-4 start at home, which would have been the first in franchise history. I'm Nick Kosmider, host of the Not Another Bucking podcast, joined, uh, as always, in the post-game reaction room by producer Kaz. And um, we're just going to kind of roll through this game and and sort of what our takeaways were. And, and the place that I want to start with this is that Sean Payton, you know, all week it was it was funny. He, he came to the podium mid midweek and and said that he had just gotten done telling his players how sick he is of of, of answering questions about – um, about the home losing streak or, or losing at home. And he got really defensive in the, in the post-game press conference when somebody brought up the fact that the Broncos had blown 10 straight halftime leads at home. And, um, and, and it kind of saying like, that's not, that's not our hump. That's not my hump, you know, but Denver had had three of those to begin this season alone, three halftime leads that turned into losses and, and it was real that the angst of the fan base of, of not being able to win games in that stadium, which had been such a, uh, even during the bad times, um, you know, something that you could count on relatively frequently. And, and it, it kind of wrecked their season before it began this year. And so um, to, to have avoided that, I think that's, that's where you start. They, they, at least, they at least did that. And if there's any chance that they're going to turn this season around, and I don't mean – make the playoffs. We're not going to sit here on these podcasts right now and talk about a playoff chase. But if we're talking about turning this season around into something that looks like you're headed in the right direction, that the plan is starting to make sense, that, hey, some of these young guys that we have, you can start to see what the vision is. If they're going to do any of that, you know, this had to be kind of a small step, but um, still, Matt, it wasn't it wasn't pretty um, to, to get it to get it to the finish line tonight. No, Sean, Sean Payton doesn't seem to appreciate being lumped in with anything that previous coaches have done. Maybe has something to do with him, you know, his comments about those coaches earlier on. Um, but no, I mean, the, the Broncos, the Broncos needed a win. They needed to come in here and prove like you having a team have a winning mentality, like a team that comes in and expects to win games is important. Um, you know, you see it in the way that, the attitude of the players, you see it in the way that they, you know, the way that they're tackling when they're near the end of a game, when, you know, if things are competitive, you want a team that is able to be competitive, even if you're not going to win enough games to make it to the playoffs, even if many of the fans would prefer that they find creative ways to lose and tank for, for Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison. Those aren't, that's just not the reality of what you, what a coach and what a GM are going to want for a team. Like you need to see a team that shows growth and shows maturity and shows that they can put together at least a professional output on the football field. 
and a professional team wins games like this where uh, let's be real. And I'm like, I'm glad to like coaches are coaching for their jobs, not necessarily Sean Payton, right? Who signed a four or five year contract. Just about everybody else on that staff is always coaching for their job. They're trying to elevate themselves to the next level. You have a position coach that's trying to become a coordinator, a coordinator that's trying to become a head coach. This idea that like, why are they, you know, like winning? I get it. I understand the fan angst and, and thinking that having a lower draft pick is going to help and 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 perhaps you know you can luck into some of that sometimes where you you were bad at the right year you you the right guy fell to you and it and it worked out but that's not what they're trying to do it's it's not there's too many players in there who cannot you can't slouch because the second you start to do that on the football field you get hurt or you get cut or you you lose you know your you lose your chance to to get the next contract whatever it might be so I'm just yeah I'm like not entertaining that kind of stuff. Um, look now, if the Broncos tr- make a bunch of trades at the deadline, if they, you know, do stuff like that, where it's very clear that they're trying to get more draft capital so they can build the roster with younger, you know, more athletic players, and they're trying to kind of clear some of their salary cap, uh, future salary cap situation a little bit, like all those things point toward okay, hey, we understand where we are and what you know, kind of the the, the spot that we are in. But it is not a fact of like we are trying to actively lose football games once those football games begin. So that that is that is where where they are at. So this this was a game that they needed and wanted to win. And but here's the thing that I was going to say, Matt, along your point of of kind of needing it. What really stood out to me was afterward, Sean Payton, you, you hear we heard it a little bit there in the intro. And that's why I wanted to play that clip was. He seemed terse. Um, he seemed frustrated. He was seething over over a couple things that happened. Particularly, um, you know, the Broncos in the second half had to burn two timeouts on defense because their substitutions were were misaligned. They had to burn a timeout in the fourth quarter um, when the Packers were in the red zone so that they could avoid a 10, 10 men on the having only ten men on the field. Um, and and it would it had Peyton irate even still after the game was just was really upset about it. But he also, on the other end, he brought up unsolicited twice this play in the fourth quarter. The Broncos were down 17 to 16. They were driving for what eventually became a game-winning field goal. But they faced a second and five at the Green Bay 34-yard line. They get a they they call for this naked boot off a play-action fake. Russell Wilson comes free um, along the right side, coming out of the pocket. Javante Williams. Four or three yards in front of him, running running parallel to Wilson as they go toward the sideline. All that has to be is an easy toss ahead for Williams to catch. He turns. There's nothing but space between he and the first down marker and even some space after that. That that picks up a first down. It burns more clock. It gets the Broncos uh, um, a much more comfortable field goal try at worst and puts them on, on a position to, to potentially score a touchdown and make Green Bay have to go all the way down for a touchdown with um you know with, with not a lot of time on the clock and and they blew that opportunity because they knew being in third and even medium in this game was a recipe for um you know for 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 problems that's just where they are they don't protect particularly well in in obvious passing situations and sure enough on third and five Russell Wilson gets sacked so he brought that up twice as saying like listen I am glad we won I'm happy for these players they are they are working hard you saw it again. I thought they played really hard today. There, there, there was focus out there, but it's just these these kind of things where you're, you know, you're, you're picking up a penalty when, when Green Bay on on third and eight at, at midfield, you, you get you give a defensive holding penalty that lets them keep alive a drive that eventually ends in a touchdown. You have these defensive miscommunications. 
Um, you know, you give up a tipped pass touchdown, which, you know, as Justin Simmons said afterwards, you just chalk that up to the game. Um, but, but that was sort of the bottom line message is like, this is great. This is, this can be something of a foundation and perhaps momentum for the Broncos to finally hosting the chiefs on Sunday end that forever streak. But his message was like, we can't just be happy because we won because we still did so many of the things that have cost us to this point in the season. Yeah. it was an interesting couple of plays there that, that Peyton was talking about because you have the the naked bootleg where the throw just isn't there. The, you know They don't make the connection. I thought that was one of Wilson's worst plays of the day. Um, the third and five, though, I, I wanted to point out is I thought that one of like the better examples of Russell Wilson's um, progress from last year. So that was a play. He dropped back. It's third and five or third and six from the 33-yard line. Third and five. Third and from, it was third, third and five. six from the thirty-five, okay. um, and he drops back and he immediately has pressure right in his face from the center of the line and he like is getting his own guard bumping into him at like the forty-two yard line. Um, Russell Wilson last year probably would have just taken that sack. He didn't seem to have that. Like he seemed yeah. to want to stay in the pocket and pass at the or at you know the expense of anything else. Instead. He moves, he scrambles, he dives forward to get a no gain, essentially. So, you know, he uses his legs. He makes a a really nice play moving in the pocket in a situation where you really can't afford to take a sack. Because if he takes a sack there at the 42-yard line, suddenly that goes from being a 52-yard field goal to a 60-yard field goal. And like that, those eight yards are really important when you're kicking a field goal to win a game. And Will Lutz played, had a really, really good game today. Um, he was, you know, the, ultimately the difference in the scoreboard was the fact that he didn't miss any of his field goals, but you, you feel much better running him out there to do a 50, kick a 52 yarder than you do to kick a 60 yarder. That's just yeah. like statistically, like, I think if the kick he had probably would have been good from 60, that specifically one, but that, that was one situation where I thought Russell Wilson is probably, it's an underrated play. It's not the kind of thing that shows up in the, the scorecard at the end of the day, um, for some great play, but it was a very heads up play of him knowing like, I need to get back get it every yard that I can to make this as easy of a field goal as possible. So I will say yeah, that no, I thought was a good play. That's a really good point. And he actually, he also had um, a similar play. And I, I want to say that it was to start that final game winning drive. And I'm, I'm going to look it up because I just want to be sure of the play by play, but it was a similar play in which he looked like he was about to be swallowed up uh, in the middle of the pocket. And to your point, looking like, you know, a, a kind of play that we saw, quite a bit last year. Um, and then, and then he got, he got out of it and it was, yeah, it was on that final drive. He, um, he, it looks like he's about to get, uh, get to swallowed by, um, by the pass rush and he escapes out of it and hits Jerry Judy on the sideline. Um, and so that, that was a big play that, that allowed them to kind of, um, you know, get that drive that have to have it fourth quarter drive started and and look as long as we were talking about positive things offensively it was like the broncos finally like pretty close to fully leaned into what they need to be to be successful offensively and that that's to run the football early and often and and they i thought javante williams this was his his best game 82 uh, yards on just 15 carries this was his best game since his rookie year um he and, and that was coming off a pretty strong performance in Kansas City last week when he had 52 yards on 10 carries um so his last two weeks he's he's averaging well over 5 yards per carry he looks strong he's breaking tackles they're they're doing a great job 
opening up holes for he and Jaleel McLaughlin, um, who did a good job scoring through space a couple times in this game. They had 145 yards rushing a season high. Um, 21 of that was on a big Russell Wilson scramble to end the second quarter. That was another big drive. Um, but but by and large, it was it was these running backs and the Broncos deciding to really lean into those guys. And they had 145, and that was after a just a terrible reverse play with Marvin Mims that lost 11 yards, um, you know, earlier in the game. So I thought Matt that they did a really good job, kind of understanding what 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 they were facing. That the, the Packers went into this game ranked 25th in defensive rush efficiency, uh, but could get after the passer. And, and the Broncos said, you know, let's let's attack them at their vulnerable spot because we. We are good enough to do it. We have the personnel to do it. And they, they, they kind of finally leaned into that, even though there were times where they, I think they could have done so even more. Yeah. And, and I think in the second half, they were able to continue doing that. And I mean, I think that in a lot of these games, we've seen them shy away from the run in the second half a little sooner than we probably would have liked. In addition to all three running backs, because um, Samaj P. Ryan had a couple of big catches and a nice run too. So yeah. he played it well as well. But in addition to the, the running backs, this, We've seen this team have success throwing the short patterns this year, and we've seen them with some success with the deep ball. We, what we really haven't seen is the wide receivers having a lot of success on kind of the intermediate routes and like push, starting to push the field a little bit. This, I feel like, was the first game where we routinely saw Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton having some space running free as well. They both seem to be creating more separation in this game um, and kind of presenting themselves as good targets, which was interesting kind of with, with Jerry Judy coming in coming in this week kind of taking clearly ha- having heard some of the talk and kind of taking issue with some of the, the the publicity that he's been getting as far as his his route running and his performance and kind of taking issue with that he came right. in and i mean he still hasn't found the end zone but he did come in and both I, Cortland Sutton played it awesome like that touchdown uh, getting open on that that touchdown pass with the, uh with the little man beater where they ran the bunch and then snaked Cortland out to the side like that was that was a real that was the kind of play like you haven't seen Cortland Sutton be that open all season yeah. um so and like same thing on the first drive that 30 yard pass on the first drive, like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy haven't had that kind of space. Marvin Mims has created some explosive plays in the past game, but this was the first time that we saw those guys, especially on those intermediate routes between five and 10 yards down the field actually start to have some separation. And that opened up with the opportunities coming off the back of the run game for the past game to look a little bit more, a little less anemic than we've seen it in some of these previous games. Yeah, no, it, it was. And I, I thought, Cortland Sutton in particular, you mentioned it. Um, you know, the Packers had a had a rookie corner out there, Valentine, and they they attacked him early on the on the on Denver's opening drive. They had a third and seven, and um, they get Cortland Sutton up the right right uh, right hash. Um, you know, just a go ball where he where he beats that guy to your point, created separation. Uh, did did the same thing later on a third down slant to the inside. He was big time today, and that the touchdown play was. One of the better design plays, like that's the kind of stuff where it's just cool to break down because they bring Sutton from all the way outside into motion. So he comes, he's the he's the inside receiver on a three receiver set, and it it, it is a man beater as you mentioned, Matt, because their key on that was whenever Rasul Douglas follows inside, um, follows Sutton inside, they know they're in man, right? And so um, you know Adam Troutman and Marvin Mims, they run kind of the vertical post in in routes. Um, and they kind of slow play him a little bit so that they're creating that traffic uh, near the line of scrimmage. And then Sutton kind of pauses for a second and then just kind of shoots back behind him toward the front pylon. And you can just feel that when Rasul Douglas kind of tries to jump, kind of jump over, like lean your body over. But you can just sort of feel the the oh shit that he has 
where he's right. just like, I'm, 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 I'm cooked here. And, um, you know, easy throw to make, but credit to Wilson. He put it on the money and um, that was a touchdown. So they're up 16 to three. And that was with that. Um, they score that touchdown six seventeen to go in the third quarter. And to that point, they had done basically everything you want to do. Green Bay did not have a whole lot going on offensively. They were starting to get at that point, AJ or Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon going a little bit, you know, you're not going to keep those guys down an entire game. Um, and, and, and yet, Jordan Love hadn't done a whole lot to that point. Just kind of like some real dink and dub type stuff. Hadn't really gotten his legs going. And then two drives in a row, the Packers drive down the field and score touchdowns sandwiched in between kind of that Broncos three and out somewhere in the second half that that's killer that we've come to know and hate. Um, they, they do that and that gets sandwiched between those two drives. And on the second one was really propelled by, Kareem Jackson, and here we are again with another pretty egregious in my mind. This one again, and I'm, I'm not like again. I, it's I'm not out there. We would never know kind of the speed of this game, but several steps before he he kind of launched again, launched upward um, on, on the Green Bay tight end Luke Musgrave, um, and and sure enough, gets um, gets the personal foul penalty and gets ejected for the second time this season. Sean Payton said afterward, what Kareem Jackson has working against him is he has priors. Now he's already been fined 90 K this season in, in, in fines. And now I think he opens himself up to a possible suspension as a, as a multiple time repeat offender of this, of this particular rule. And it was, it, it's hard to, you know, again, it, I never like to say, you know, what are you doing? I, I'll never know that speed, but, it just it, when it keeps happening with the same guy, you say there's something you got to change. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that definitely was impactful both because of the, you know, what he, the, the 15 yards tacked onto the end of that play is obviously impactful right there. But then also the, you, you start to miss that presence. Now that kind of brings up the next guy up PJ lock steps into that game. And I think, I think that before the last interception, I don't know that I'd have wanted to be, um, lock after the game after the he, he was I think the the 10th or the 11th man who wasn't on the field that caused the Broncos to burn that timeout and it was clear from Which the press conference the just real quick I didn't interrupt you but he said in the locker room he didn't know who it was supposed to be it wasn't he said it wasn't him oh no okay so, Peyton well, seemed to think it was him <laughs> he'll have yeah. to get a, we'll have to get like kind of a, a more clear clarification of that um this week beginning tomorrow. Um, but, but either way, yeah, you're, you're right. It was, it was nothing good. And, and, and not just him on that play, but it seemed like, and this happened in the Washington game too, when he got ejected was like for a while after that, they just seemed to be in, in, in disarray in terms of like who's supposed to be on the field. Cause it changes up some of your, you know, it, cause PJ lock, if you're, if he's playing some of the dime stuff now, all of a sudden he's your, he's your safety. So you have other different guys, coming in the game as well. Um, and it just sort of, it just sort of throws, throws it off. And, you know, the Packers continue that momentum and end up scoring on the touchdown that hits off of, uh, hits off of Dobbs and gets caught. Man, uh, between, between that and then the, yeah. you know, the, the touchdown before that, where, uh, right. you know, the, the two guys coming down with the ball together, the simultaneous possession, that is a, a pair of touchdowns that you don't see very often. <laughs> right. Um, Right. You know, and I, and Sean, Payton, Sean Payton seems to think that the Pat Sertan one's going to get uh, become a rule change because Pat Sertan's feet landed first. Um, but 
you know, the the fact of the matter is that, you know, you have that simultaneous possession that goes against you in the end zone there, even though Sertan made an incredible play to close quickly and almost come away with that interception. And then on the second one, the the ball gets, you know, gets t- after, you know, Randy Gregory makes a, you know, great play to force an a, a off angle throw. It gets tipped and it goes right into another guy's hands. You're like, that's it. Yeah, that. I can understand that like that's just part of the game. That's how it goes. You can't let that beat you up. But like you look at those two back to back drives and then, you know, your offense getting the ball back and you're like, gosh, we really need something. Yeah. And, you know, that today that that actually came through and it also came through. Which after the in the end of the first half, when Green Bay missed a field goal with 41 seconds left. Um, we haven't seen the Broncos be particularly good closing out drives in the second half, getting those kinds of like extra, those extra points at the end of a half or the end of the, the game. They got the ball with 41 seconds left on their own 31 yard line with two timeouts. Um, and it actually looked like a competent drive. I mean, you know, Samaj P. Ryan catches the pass and runs out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. look at that. You didn't just go down in bounds and try to get an extra yard. Like, you know, we conserve time. Like the offense was clicking. Like they get down there, they score next, they get into field goal range. And like, you know, like they they have one. Russell Wilson like has an extra pat or an extra down at the end of the, the half to take a shot at the end zone. It's not there. He throws it over everyone's head. It's like, yes, thank you. Competence. You get down there, you get those points and like Every point in this game mattered. So, I mean, for them to drive down in that, that last little point, that's a six-point swing because Green Bay misses a yeah. field goal and you get one, and no, that becomes huge. very important. So. The two-point game was huge. and in the, But it was interesting to me was that the – like Green Bay had had, a, had a, um, a penalty before their third down play, and, they, and Green Bay elected not to take a timeout to avoid a 10-second runoff. But the Broncos right then – facing a third down could have called a timeout to stop the clock at 115. And I think they ultimately chose not to do so because they, um, you know, they just didn't want to give green Bay time. Ultimately, if they did pick up the first down to like have enough time to go score a touchdown is I think ultimately they, I think that at that point they were conceding a field goal and just saying like, let's not give up a touchdown in this scenario. So let's not give them extra time. But but it was interesting because then you you say well if you hold if you get your defense you think your defense going to hold them there now you have a lot more time to go down the other sec the other interesting one was you mentioned Russ just kind of throwing it out of the back of the end zone when it wasn't there that brought up a a second down and ten with nine ten seconds left yeah. so that you still have it again you still have plenty of time to take another shot <laughs> and Sean Payton said I I think that's a matter of like hey listen this is they missed the field goal. We got all the way down here. Let's not get greedy. And they had a 9-0 lead at halftime. And, and so, again, as much as, like, they did make these mistakes, they did enough in these sort of, like, key situations to make sure that they um, that they got what they needed to do. But, you know, again, the problem is they were one for four in the red zone. We talked about Cortland Sutton's great touchdown, the call, but every other red zone opportunity came up empty. That included the opening drive of the game where – Javante Williams scores a touchdown, but they call a holding on kind of the other side of the, of the formation. Um, and so they, they get that, they get that taken away and then that they don't, they don't convert on the third, third down from, from the 11 or whatever it was. Um, so it was, it was kind of a, kind of a back and forth. I just wanted to mention you, you brought up the, um, the, 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 the Pat Sertan Romeo Dobbs play 
uh, in the end of the third quarter, which was the, the Packers' first touchdown of the game. And I, I think people listening will, will probably have thought that. So I just want to read what the um, uh, we, we got a pool report from the official Alex Kemp, um, who was asked by pool reporter Jeff Legwald um, about that play and and why it was ruled a score. And referee Alex Kemp said, quote, we ruled on the field that the Green Bay receiver controlled the ball while airborne and came to the ground and never lost control of the ball. And therefore, by rule, it is a touchdown. Um, and, and Legwald said there's been a question as to whether or not it matters if Sertan's feet were on the ground first. And did that mean he possessed the ball first? Kemp said, no, that does not. That does not impact the ruling at all. Legwald asks, no, Kemp says. So it's simply that the receiver controls throughout the catch. Um, the confusion with that was that Gene Steratore, the, um, the rules analyst for, for the, the CBS telecast said, um, that he, he thought that that was the case. So, um, you know, clearly there's a little bit of the, the mix of convoluted. Yeah. Either, either way. I mean, like, honestly, when I watched it, I mean, I thought it was a catch cause it's what we all know, right? Like if Ty goes to the receiver, like it's just like backyard football rule. Like I, I know the rule is more complicated than that, but he, I mean, again, he had the ball Dobbs did Sertan did too, but Dobbs never lost control of the ball and it's a touchdown. And it, so it is what it is like, um, but but again, the the Broncos gave up from from there. You know they go three and out on their next drive, and that's that's where they have just continued to struggle all this year. Like you can feel that like wave of momentum coming. Like you could feel that that they were going to kind of do that because it's just sort of what they've done this year. You get you know you don't get a, a good chunk play on first down. All of a sudden you're you're fighting the sticks. You know I thought they protected decently well. I mean Russell Wilson did have 29 pass attempts. Um, and, and if he was, I, I didn't check whether they ultimately did give him a sack. Um, yeah, so yeah, just the, the one, scrimmage. that one sack was, um, but a zero yard sack. So, um, really, you know, really didn't get pressure too bad. Did a decent job navigating it. Um, I, I thought early in the game, there were some times where he escaped a little bit too early, um, and, and kind of, you know, took them out of the play, but. But by and large, he he you know he had a better performance, of course, than he did last Thursday uh, against the against the Chiefs, and that brings us, Matt. We'll kind of close it with this: is now now the Broncos are two and five, and they host the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that has now beat them sixteen times in a row, dating back to twenty fifteen, most recently uh, in Week Six in Kansas City, nineteen to eight. Um, Matt, is there anything that you've seen, or was there anything that you saw out of the you know, the, the Kelsey um, masterpiece today, any of that combined that makes you think the Broncos can have a chance? Can they do this? Can they beat the Chiefs? Um, <laughs> the Travis Kelsey seemed to be a little banged up later in the game and seemed to be walking a little, a little lot. Uh, I, I mean, I thought Fabian Moreau had a, Fabian Moreau had a really good game yeah, today. That up too, yeah. That was a, that was a lineup change. Damari Damari Mathis had been the outside corner opposite Sertan for the first six games this year. They switched that up today. He played he played really well. He held up really well in coverage. So I mean, that's certainly something that you like to see. Um, PJ Lock, depending on what happens with Kareem Jackson, we may we may see more of PJ Lock. I think that my favorite thing from the post game announcement today, though, had to be Sean Payton, you know, celebrating PJ Locke. He's like, you know, it was great to see him get his first interception. It was, it was great to see him take a knee. He's like, if he hadn't taken that knee, I might have had to tackle him myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, I mean, I, I think that if, you know, PJ Locke, you know, that secondary can play a little bit better. I mean, it's, it's an uphill battle for sure. So um, now, before I forget, so you mentioned that was, is interesting. He takes the knee when he does. And so that gives the Broncos the ball back. And when it first, when it was first done, I was doing the quick math and I said, okay, they, they've got the kneels They're They're done. It turned out um, they had to run a play with six seconds left in the fourth quarter. And they decided to do the rollout where Russell Wilson takes the ball, runs backwards, and then just chucks the ball, chucks the ball. Now, I will say a little, you know, kind of a little reporter insight is that they practiced that in training camp like three or four different times at the end of practice. So like that, that is a that is definitely a play that they practice continuously. Um, but as they like lined up to take that snap, I'm just thinking if if they're you bobble the snap, you trip coming out, like any of those things happen, Green Bay takes over and just kicks a game-winning field goal. So you're like, but you know, it's like, what is is it any less? Is it any more risky than snapping back to your punter and getting a punt? Like it's a it's a less it's probably less that can go wrong. Less, it's just not a play you see all the time. It's it's not a play that players run all the time. But the Broncos, I mean, they executed it flawlessly, and um, that was that, and they improved to two and five. I, like, look here, here's here's what I'll say. <laughs> about Kansas City real quick, and then we'll sign off. Um, look, the Broncos have played them tough. Like, they have not gotten blown out by this Kansas City team in, 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 in a few years now. Like, both games in 2022 were really close. The first game this year was close. Both games in 2021 were close. Um, maybe the second one was close. Maybe the, the first one was uh, was a Chiefs was a Chiefs blowout. So, um, so four, four games in a row that have been – have been pretty close uh, 11 points or fewer um it's at home i do not think the broncos are going to win but if it would it should stun me if this is the one that finally finally broke it given that sean payton gets to go back and see see what they did from you know again like 17 days ago uh i i think they have a sh- have a shot and it would certainly change the complexion of this season if you win that game you're three and five you get a buy. You do have to go play in Buffalo on a Monday night, but the Bills have not exactly looked like world beaters of late either. Um, again, not sitting here and won't talk about playoffs until there's actually something to warrant that. Like this, the, the Broncos are not there. I'm not even trying to suggest that. But what today did sets up a little more intrigue for that game. Um, let's players go into it off of a victory. Um and sort of understanding what it could be. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting week leading up to that game and, and it'll, it'll add a little more intrigue to it. So maybe, maybe the Patriots beating the bills is the thing that gives you the most today. It is what gives you the most hope for yeah. the Broncos and the chiefs next week. I mean, it's like, I mean, uh, it's the I, NFL, anything, uh, can cliches, the any, any given Sunday and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, there's also law of averages. They, the, the streak can't go on forever. So, <laughs> right. um, we will see. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back midweek this week with um, with our guest, my colleague who covers the Chiefs, Nate Taylor, will join us. So that should be a fun uh, breakdown as well. He'll give us an insight as to whether um, whether we'll see Taylor Swift in Denver um, because that's. Did you see that? By the way, did you see this graphic that they put up yeah. today? Yeah. Like the the Kelsey, like his, his um, performance when she's there. Taylor, with Taylor Swift in attendance, but then the other line said, when left to his own devices, his <laughs> average, which 
I'm told she's got the eighty-seven friendship bracelet. So I'm I told think is a Taylor Swift. She maybe she may be making the trip. It's yes. real. So anyway, we'll so we'll see you guys. Uh, we will we will talk with you guys again middle of next week. Um, again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.